Hello and welcome to the IT Governance Podcast for Friday the 16th of February 2018. And thanks to Camden for reading last week's one while I was away. Here are this week's stories. I mentioned cybercriminals' increasing use of cryptocurrency mining or crypto mining software a couple of weeks ago. If you weren't listening, it seems that rather than dropping ransomware on victims' machines and hoping they pay to regain access to their files, cybercriminals are increasingly cutting out the middleman and infecting victims' machines with software that uses their spare processing power to mine for cryptocurrency, essentially a practice that entails running complex calculations in return for payments. It's worth saying that there's nothing wrong with crypto mining per se. It's how new currency is brought into circulation. However, using others' machines to mine for cryptocurrency without their knowledge indubitably constitutes malicious and illegal activity. Some call it cryptojacking. All of this brings us to this week, when it emerged that thousands of government and public bodies' websites were unwittingly running crypto mining software after a third-party plugin's JavaScript library was compromised. According to security researcher Scott Helm, who broke the story, a plugin called BrowserLoud, which helps blind and partially sighted people access the web, was compromised at the weekend and one of its hosted JavaScript files changed to add the CoinHive crypto miner to any page it was loaded to. Anyone who visited a website with a BrowserLoud library embedded will have run the software on their computers, helping attackers mine for Monero. About 4,300 sites around the world were affected, including the Information Commissioner's Office, the Student Loans Company, the General Medical Council, the Financial Ombudsman Service, and numerous .gov.uk and NHS sites in the UK. BrowserLoud was taken offline shortly after the compromise. Martin Mackay, the CTO and Data Security Officer of BrowserLoud's parent company TextHelp, said, In light of other recent cyber attacks all over the world, we've been preparing for such an incident for the last year. Our data security action plan was actioned straight away and was effective. The risk was mitigated for all customers within a period of four hours. The National Cyber Security Centre has issued guidance for members of the public, website admins and JavaScript developers. Talking of cryptocurrencies, a scammer has stolen over $1 million worth of Ethereum from participants in the initial coin offering from BTOKEN, a blockchain-based home-sharing network. Bleeping Computer reports that the startup launched its ICO on the 31st of January and ended it on the 2nd of February, having raised $5 million. During this time, however, an attacker posing as the BTOKEN team was sending phishing emails, urging users who wanted to buy BTOKENs to send Ethereum to wallets under his control. The BTOKEN team sent out three security alerts when it became aware of the issue and created a Google form to allow users to report scams, but people kept falling for the fake emails. According to ZDNet, BTOKEN said, There was unauthorized access to one of BTOKEN's third-party vendors, which we've since terminated usage. The data that was potentially accessed included email addresses, first names and last names only, and this impacted less than 1% of our email list. We have no evidence that BTOKEN itself was compromised by this event. We've not identified any malicious activity in our database. You can find out more about phishing on our website. At the weekend, the organisers of the Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang confirmed that they're investigating a cyber attack that took the game's official website offline shortly before the opening ceremony began. Television and computer systems at Pyeongchang were also disrupted, and normal services resumed only 12 hours later. Pyeongchang 2018 spokesperson Sung Baikyu said there was a cyber attack and the server was updated yesterday during the day and we have the cause of the problem. They know what happened and this is a usual thing during the Olympic Games. We're not going to reveal the source. 
We're taking secure operations and, in line with best practice, we're not going to comment on the issue because it is an issue that we're dealing with. We wouldn't start giving you the details of an investigation before it is coming to an end, particularly if it was on security, which, at these games, is incredibly important. Cisco's Talos intelligence team, which discovered the malware, analysed the samples used in the attack and concluded that it aimed to cause disruption, not exfiltrate data. Talos dubbed the malware Olympic Destroyer and said that it shared characteristics with the bad rabbit and not Petya malware used last year, which Ukraine blamed on Russia. The Russian Foreign Ministry has denied involvement, however, saying we know that Western media are planning pseudo-investigations on the theme of Russian fingerprints in hacking attacks on information resources related to the hosting of the Winter Olympic Games in the Republic of Korea. Of course, no evidence will be presented to the world. Coincidentally, the Russian Olympic Committee was banned from the Pyeongchang Games by an International Olympic Committee eligibility panel following widespread doping at the Sochi Games in 2014. Nevertheless, 168 Russian athletes are competing at Pyeongchang, albeit under the designation Olympic Athlete of Russia and a neutral flag rather than the Russian one. Well, that'll do for this week. Until next time, you can keep up with the latest information security news on our blog. Whatever your information security needs, whether regulatory compliance, stakeholder reassurance, or just greater business efficiency, IT governance can help your organization to protect, comply, and thrive. Visit our website for more information, itgovernance.co.uk.